feel like it always goes back to this quote that I love from Henry Blackaby. And the quote is so simple and it's, find where God is at work and join him. I knew a lot about God, but there was a missing component of a two-way conversation. I get to hear his voice talk to me about where he's at work. And then he tells me how to join in and what that should look like. And that changes the game. Welcome to Called Beyond, a Novo Mission podcast. We love sharing stories about how we can hear God speaking to us, as well as what happens when we say yes to His calling in our lives. Through these stories, we celebrate together the movement of God around the world beyond what we could ask or imagine. All right. Well, welcome, everybody, to another episode of Called Beyond, where we get to hear stories from everyday practitioners around the country and around the world that are partnering with God to see him do incredible things. I want to welcome my co-host, Amy Taylor, uh, to the call today, who gets to help be curious and ask questions of our guest, the lovely Miss Kelsey Phillips. Amy, go ahead and say hi to everybody. Hey, Tim. Thanks for being here. Great to be with you all today. And Kelsey, super excited to get to talk with you. Super fun. Well, so Kelsey, let me just tell you a little bit about what I know about Kelsey. She is a married mom of three. She's active in her church. She's active in her kids' school. And she has been participating with Novo's Spiritual Authority cohorts since 2017. She has been a volunteer, a volunteer leader, a facilitator, and she's been a cohort practitioner of the prayer tools that we learn about in that training. And it's just my joy to welcome her to the call. She always is full of amazing stories about seeing God just break into everyday conversations, relationships, whether it's a friend or a stranger, here or abroad. We're excited to hear about her story. And Kelsey, let me just welcome you to the podcast. Well, thank you so much, Tim and Amy, for having me. It's such an honor to be with you. And I'm so excited to just share what God is up to. So fun. Well, let's go ahead and get into it. So one of the things that we're doing on this podcast is just having people share some what like what the initial calling was or as God kind of activated you to this next season that you're currently in. Like, what did that look like? Maybe give the listeners a little bit of the before, the during and a little after, and then we'll start asking you some, some questions to dive in on, man, maybe what he's doing today. Sure. Well, I think I had a very traditional Christian upbringing for the most part. I think my story matches most um, average American churchgoer stories. I grew up with you know Christian parents, went to the church, uh, got saved in high school, went to a wonderful college, had great friends, uh, trekking along, learning who Jesus was in various forms, learning to love the word. But something happened to me in 2017 that just adjusted the journey in the most amazing way. And after a bit of a nervous breakdown, uh, married with three kids, trying to figure out life, I was directed to Keith and Megan Peeler, uh, a Novo couple, and they directed me with inner healing prayer. And it was right after that um, experience that my faith journey and my uh, kingdom lens changed forever. And I felt like at that point I was thrust out of a rocket and I haven't landed yet. So uh, right after that inner healing experience, which I was just delivered and set free from so many things, filled with the spirit, encountered God in a supernatural, amazing way, I looked at them and I was like, where do I get more of this? This is amazing. How come I'm just now learning about this? And I was directed to take my first spiritual authority cohort. 
uh, right after uh, in September of that year. And I have literally taken the cohort every year since, even wow. either as a participant, as a leader, or as a presenter. And it is such a joy. And I can't get enough. And I keep coming back. Um, I'm excited to start another journey here in the next month. But over the course of me learning these prayer tools and really using them, it's one thing to learn them. It's another thing to use them. Mm. I've just watched the spiritual landscape around me change. The spiritual landscape in my home, with my marriage and my parenting, my, the spiritual landscape in my friendships, at my children's school, and of course now at my church. And even beyond there, I went on a mission trip this past summer and was able to use these tools uh, in and amongst and with the family of, of people from my church I went with. And I just saw transformation across the globe in a little town in Spain. And I was just amazed that these same prayer tools that I've been learning for the last seven years, you pull them out wherever you are, whether you're in your children's school, whether you're walking around your neighborhood, or whether you're serving on a mission trip in Spain, and they all activate the kingdom in pretty remarkable ways. Wow. Well, I am. I think the thing that I'm most struck by in even just how you describe yourself is it sounds so similar to probably where a lot of our listeners are standing, you know, just sort of trying to figure out life, trying to do the best I can, navigating the chaos probably of drop-offs and sports and this event and that activity. And in in the middle of the chaos, there's this like, there's this moment where it's just like, what's happening? What's all this for? Like, what trajectory am I on here? Because I don't feel like I'm really growing or I'm really thriving. And man, with, 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 man, how quickly you went through your story. I am, I mean, it sounds like a biography in and of itself. Like, like there's a whole, there's a, like that's multiple chapters of a book um, that we got to see kind of fast forward through and get the cliff notes of. I'm just I'm just amazed at that. And I know I've heard some of your stories about partnering with God at the school and seeing him do incredible things and the cohort. And so I just I'm curious, Kelsey, like from a like, is there something special or unique that you've noticed that exists in you that qualifies you for all that you're seeing God do today? Absolutely. No. <laughs> It's all the work of the Lord. And that is where he, he gets all the credit. I think what he did was he activated in me who he created me to be. And I didn't wow. know that was possible without a fresh encounter with him. Because when we encounter the living God, when we hear him speak, and when we experience the love of Jesus, it just changes you forever. I think up to the point where I was released in a new way, I knew a lot about God. I knew a lot about the Bible. I knew a lot about spiritual disciplines. And I was so faithful to try to check a lot of boxes. And those things in and of themselves are not bad. But there was a missing component of a two-way conversation. And it was the two-way conversation and the encounter and the hearing the Lord speak to me um, that that changed things and 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 my course was altered from that point. It, does that make sense at all, Tim and Amy? <laughs> it totally does. I mean, it it sounds a lot like my story. It sounds a lot like um, Amy's story, where it's all of a sudden it's what you find yourself doing. It's kind of a pinch me moment. Like this doesn't really feel like it's appropriate for me. Because I know me, 
Um, and it really like just like you just did, right? It puts God on this amazing platform because ultimately we're becoming that vessel um, that He's using for His glory, and we get the joy of participation. But it's really about just being in awe that we're watching God do an amazing work in someone else's life and someone else's situation. And because he's doing that, it's also happening in my life because I'm a part of this partnership with this huge God that loves me and is expressing his love for others through my participation. Amen. I feel like it always goes back to this quote that I love from Henry Blackaby. If you remember that Bible study from like 20 years ago, Experiencing God. (laughs) And the quote is so simple and it's, find where God is at work and join him. And I think that that Mm. just felt so scary and far reaching at a certain season in my early Christian life. But after encountering the living God and and getting to know Jesus on such a deep and intimate personal level, uh, I get to hear his voice talk to me about where he's at work. And then he tells me how to join in and what that should look like. And that changes the game when you get some instructions on how to. It for sure does. And Kelsey, I I love getting to see your face. I know our listeners can't see your face, but you're just, you're just radiating as you talk about um, just what God's done in your life. And so one of the things that uh, I was curious about, you mentioned that uh, the tools that you learned in the spiritual authority cohort, God had used to change the spiritual landscape in your parenting and marriage. Do you have Um, maybe a fun example of that or a fun story you could share to encourage our listeners? Absolutely. Well, my husband, after I took the cohort, was super jealous. He saw a transformation in me and he was like, I don't know what that is, but I want that. Can I do that? (laughs) So he took it with me the next year. And and, uh, so it was so fun for us to be on this journey together. He was super open to it and experienced a lot of freedom and healing himself. And once you have that marital connection, you begin to speak and parent and and do marriage differently. I have a, I have, when I sometimes teach at my church, I show a picture of two chairs facing one another. And I'm like, this is where marriage happens. And then I'll show a picture of the bed. I'm like, that's where marriage is celebrated. Marriage happens in those two chairs. And I think what's been happening in those two chairs since we took the cohort and since we've both been activated, our conversations have significantly changed and our, the way we pray and the way we approach um, everything change. I mean, even down to last week, we were sitting in our chairs. And we were listening and we were praying about our upcoming vacation times with our kids and what that would look like. And he spent time consecrating our calendar, giving our calendar the Lord. And then we did some listening prayer on where we might think the Lord is leading us for these next few windows of time with our kids. And then we did some investigating and then we kind of came back to the table after we investigated And it was this process of really letting the Lord guide and lead even our vacations, which y'all, that would have never crossed my mind uh, before this journey. Uh, My time is my time. I would have never considered giving my calendar, my time to the Lord. But something as simple as planning family vacations, that is a different kind of conversation in my house now. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. So cool. Yeah, I think I'm I'm really curious uh, because... You know, a lot of people, maybe you've experienced something similar where, they, where where God has activated something in you, whether it's through a training or a process or or something that you just come to know when the Lord's kind of broken into your life. 
And you want that for those that you're closest with, um, your spouse, your kids, your family. Can you talk, Kelsey, maybe like what was it like or how, what is it like, maybe especially with your kids, right? Like how has parenting shifted for you so that you're able to maybe foster in them or steward in them a relationship with the Lord that is as personal as you have come to know him in this last season that you've been in? You know, that's actually a really great question because I often find this tension. I want my kids to have what I have, but I also know what it took for me to break to get this, what I have. I don't know if that makes sense. There's such a journey in sanctification And so I I want desperately for them to experience inner healing the way I have, but then I don't want them to have to go through the pain that led me to need inner healing either, you know? Wow. So there's this tension on on what God has for them and the timing in which they are ready for the more. And Chandler and I, who's my husband, we go back and forth on what this might look like. But I think for us in this season, we first just try to model it. So we're modeling listening. We're modeling priestly praying. We're modeling surrender. We're modeling these things. We're modeling worship. We're modeling the consistency of going to church. We're modeling what a quiet time might might look like. Uh, Right now in our evening times, we are going through Peter Gregg's book, um, How to Pray for, for Youth. And so we're just chapter by chapter reading what it looks like to pray. How do you find a silent spot? And last night's conversation was, where is your quiet spot in your room that you think you could pray? And two of my kids had instant answers. And one of them was like, well, mom, I've been waiting for you to hang the hanging chair in my room for a year. So when you get my hanging chair hung, (laughs) then I'll be able to pray in my hanging chair. And I'm like, you are right. I have avoided getting that hanging chair hung. So these are the kinds of conversations that we have. Um, And there is a tension on wanting them to have what we have now, but there is going to be a journey for them to be developed. So I think our process is to listen to the Lord and model and introduce um, and in the right time, engage with them as the Lord leads. Yeah, that's really good. It's almost giving them the context to begin to own something when they're ready for it to become theirs, right? So you're mm-hmm. giving them really all the tools that are in place, like you're showing them what they can own when they're ready and giving mm-hmm. them practice now for the possibility for that when it really becomes that moment. Because I think we all have a time where we become owners of yes. what what we know, what we've experienced. Mm-hmm. And we can really, I, I mean, we all know we can go different directions at that mm-hmm. moment, you know, and praise God, he has saved us, right? He called Amen. us to himself. So. I will say there have been several occurrences where all, all three, by the way, all three of my children are in middle school. All three have braces, yes, at the same time. They were all in diapers at the same time. They're all in braces at the same time. It is a hormonal hoot at my house right now, just so you know. Uh, So we have a lot of highs and we have a lot of lows in any given moment (laughs) of any given day. And mom's hormonal too. So poor Chandler, he is just walking into a hot mess every afternoon. But I will say in some very tender moments, I've had the opportunity to lead my kids in some inner healing prayer in very tender moments. Mm. And they are slowly but surely getting to experience small doses of how much God loves them and how their identity is based in him and him alone. And I think when we can get our kids to really reconcile that their identity is in him and who he says they are Mm. and what he has for them, 
that does change the parenting game a whole lot. I love that, Kelsey. And I can resonate with so many of the things that you said. I think when I learned my identity in Christ and I learned some of these tools as a mom of, of three kids that are a little bit older than yours, I I think my initial thought was regret. Like, I wish I had learned this when my kids were younger. Um, but what would you say to the the person, either the mom or dad or friend that wants to encourage someone and yet at the same time feels that tension with maybe those that person isn't as excited, you know, as we are, or, uh, you know, maybe just isn't quite quite there yet? Is, is there some things that you've done either with your family or, or even with some people in the cohort just to kind of meet them where they are and encourage them at, and yeah, encourage them in the process and also realize they're not quite where you are? Well, I've done it way wrong more than I've done it way right. I will just say that. So I'm learning from mistakes. <laughs> but I think I'm having to learn in my own journey that where God is taking me is not necessarily where he's taking everyone. And that mm. everyone's on their own journey, on their own path, and their own timing towards him. And um, my, the word that comes to mind when I think of that process is just release, releasing yeah. people to the Lord. And um, that is much harder than it sounds, releasing my children to the Lord, releasing my family members that I love to the Lord, releasing my friends. Uh, there is a, a release and a trust that he will bring them along in his perfect timing. Um, but I will say that the, the blessing prayer that we learn in the Novo Toolshed um, in the belt, blessing people has really just become something that that easily wins them over. I don't know how to say it other than like, who doesn't want to be blessed, you know? Right. So yeah. even when, as I share my journey and other people look at me kind of crazy or they're not with me and they're not interested or they're not, they don't want them more. Um, when you bless them, all of a sudden they're like, hmm, where'd you get that? What is that? And that, that seems to pique interest. Oh, I love that. Thank you. And, and one of my next questions was, do you have a, a favorite toolbox tool or tool from the toolbox. And I think you just answered that blessing. It's such a good reminder that, you know, it just meets people where they are and it's a gift, right? It's a gift that we have to give. That's so good. I think too, you know, I've been doing a lot of sort of study just about authority, spiritual authority, you know, all of that. And, and the thing that just popped into my mind when you were saying that Kelsey is that authority is demonstrated. Um, and thinking of spiritual authority as it's looking for a demonstration. You look at all the verses where Jesus demonstrated his authority and people took pause and they commented on it, you know, and, you know, in the gospels, it shares like people would express who is this who speaks with authority? Who is this who, you know, and there's all, you know, there's the, all the debates that go around that, but I love declarative prayer and blessing prayer specifically because it demonstrates authority spiritually and we get to practice and then people are left with a moment that we get to share with. It's like something changed in me, like my mind suddenly got bypassed and my heart was touched because of that interaction between, you know, whether it's spirit to spirit or the Lord partnering through us to touch them is it bypasses all of the stuff that clogs it generally. Um, and we get to see something break through. So one of the things I was super curious about when you were 
kind of opening, Kelsey, was just this most recent mission trip with the family and the church. And just, I would love to hear how you were able to use these everyday tools that you've been using in and around Dallas um, since 2017. How did that land and what did that feel like to be operating with authority in a new space? Could you maybe share a story or two? What was that, what was it, what was that like for your family? It, we, it was so special. And the short of our mission trip, uh, just to give you a little brief understanding of what we were doing, we partner, we, our church loves to partner with missions organizations. And for this particular trip, we partner with Crew. And we, uh, 20 years ago, sent a couple to Granada, Spain with Crew to do mission work uh, with college students in that area. And we've maintained that relationship. We love supporting them. And every summer, they, because they're on crew staff, they get the opportunity to take a group to uh, Lagonde, this little town in Spain, which is on the Camino de Santiago. And I don't know if you're familiar with the Camino de Santiago. There's a movie out there called The Way, if you're super curious about this, that helps explain it. But it's this Catholic pilgrimage that starts in the, the lower French Pyrenees all the way through the end of Spain. And it's a journey to see St. James's bones that are... Um, the legend has it they're at the bottom of this church in this town called Santiago. So there's this four to six week walk that for centuries, Catholic pilgrims have been taking to walk this journey, the journey of St. James. And it's, by the way, if you've seen the chosen, it's the big James. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so this journey has been around for centuries. Kings and Queens have done this walk, dignitaries, uh, many Catholic priests, so over the, over the centuries, it's just become more popular and more popular. It ebbs and flows in its popularity. But this particular uh, hostel that we host in Lagonde is three days away from the end of this journey for many pilgrims who've been walking for sometimes four to six weeks. Wow. And the way it's positioned, its particular location is so divine and unique in that we are basically a hospitality group for all these pilgrims passing by. And on any given day, we would have 2,000 pilgrims walking past this little hostel. And the way that it's worked, we have four teams. You have your first team that's back in the back, the kitchen team, and they're cooking breakfast, making breakfast, cleaning breakfast, making breakfast, making lunch, cleaning lunch, making dinner, making dinner. They're in the back the whole time. Then you've got your cleaning team, and they're cleaning the restrooms, and they're doing the laundry, and they're doing the sweeping and getting beds ready and all the things. And then they rinse, wash, repeat, do it again all day. And then you've got your hospitality team that's in our hospitality room that's kind of hosting the pilgrims that wander in for free water, for free lemonade, for free snacks, to get a stamp. If you want to get an official certificate that you finish this journey, you got to get official stamps along the way. We have those. Um, so you're in the hospitality room or you're like in outside the cheering squad kind of beckoning people in and meeting with people outside. So on any given day, we've got 2000 pilgrims passing by. And on any given day, we have about two to 300 that will come into our hospitality room. And this is where it gets really fun because these are the ones that are ready to rest, ready to kind of exhale, get a drink, get a stamp, go to the bathroom and take a, take a minute. And this is when you can just ask a simple question as easy as, what in the world made you wanna do this four to six week pilgrimage and y'all the, speaking of storytelling, the stories just start pouring out. And what we get to do on the mission team is A, just listen. We just get to be the recipient 
of hearing the privileger of hearing someone else's story. And just by way of listening, they're three days away from the end. So if they have not found what they're looking for three days before the end of this six week journey, they're just searching. And there's three different categories of people we have found on this, on this journey. There is kind of the traditional Catholic path where people are just meeting God and no, you don't have to be Catholic. You can just be Christian and you just want to meet God for six weeks on this journey and hear from him and be in nature and just connect with him. So there's that track. There's another track of just really cool people that do really outside the box things and want to do bucket list items like in their twenties. And these are the people we all admire and kind of wish we were. Um, and they're just being cool and doing cool things and being edgy. And so there's that crew. And then there's this other crew that's like in life transition. They, they're becoming empty nesters and their identity has kind of been rattled for a minute. Or they're going through a season of grief and loss and all of a sudden their world has been rocked and they're trying to figure out who they are and what life is about. And then there's just seekers. There's something you know, in them that's like, there's more to life than this and I got to figure this out. So they're on this journey. So depending on which kind of pilgrim you get, you're going to get an interesting story. And what's so cool about the, the Novo tools and these moments when you're hearing someone's story, you're, you're, you're doing this active service by being a listener in the natural, but then with the cohort tools, you're also being a listener in the supernatural. So you can hear the Lord speaking to you as they're speaking to you and it, and he's directing your response, which might be no response, or it might be a question to ask them, or he may be giving you a word of knowledge to share. And it's the coolest thing to be able to be listening in the natural and listening in the supernatural. And then when they have finished sharing their story, I think my old self would have felt this really strong desire and a mission trip to just like go the Romans road and share Jesus and kind of do a shove motion. <laughs> do you want him or not? Are you going to hell or not? You know, doing, and there's nothing wrong with that approach, but I think there, there's a scariness to it. But in this way, I can hear from the Father how to respond and meet them where they are and then introduce Jesus that way. And this one particular girl from Valencia, Spain, I was visiting with one day in the hospitality room. She shared her story. She was deeply searching. And her the phrase that she used was, I'm just not sure which God I want to serve right now. And so as the Lord was speaking to me, I, because the Camino is the way in Spain, I said, well, have, have you been introduced to the way, the truth and the life, a man named Jesus? So I'm sharing Jesus with her. She goes, yes, I have heard about this Jesus, but I'm just still deciding which God I want to serve. And so as I'm processing this with the Lord in this conversation, I'm hearing him say, bless her with ask, seek and knock. So that verse, I believe it's in John. And so I got to bless her at the end of this conversation. I asked if I could bless her and she said, yes. So I blessed her with this really long blessing at the end. I blessed her to continue to ask, to continue to seek and to continue to knock and that she would find what she's looking for. And I think that that particular example is a different way of ministering and being a missionary through a very natural, organic, spiritual conversation that's more spirit-led rather than formulaic. And in that moment, I was able to use the listening prayer tool and the blessing prayer tool, um, not necessarily to pray the sinner's prayer and welcome her into the kingdom, but to plant seeds that she would be able to hopefully process in her final three days of the journey. 
Um, so that's what I got to do for a whole week. And my husband was doing this and my children were doing this. My children were more um, hands-on active playing with the kids. The adults were probably doing more than ministering. But it was really a joy to be able to, to just have these spiritual conversations with everyday people in all walks of life and, and on every part of the spiritual spectrum. And then through listening, figure out how the best way to bless them in the, the 30 seconds or the two minutes that I had with them. Wow, Kels. Mm. That is so cool. And I think that there's there's so much. I mean, maybe maybe you're like me for, for most of my life, I had this idea of missions or certainly missionaries as being something that happened out in Spain. Right. And I think what you're (laughs) challenging us with is like the, the reality is, is like, no, like mission and missionary happens everywhere that we are, regardless of location and regardless of, I mean, just just about everything like we're stewarding what God has placed in us and uh, I, I love I love that story about seeing God do exactly what he's been doing in Dallas uh, in an intentional like you know you you're not on an agenda or a timing right you're not going from meeting to meeting or drop off to drop off you're really focused on being intentional with these people in this moment person after person after person. But in our moments that we have, even in normal everyday life, there is this same opportunity um, to, I, I believe you said, hearing someone's story, listening, partnering with God, and then responding to it. The thing that's rising up in me is just wanting to know if there's any advice that you would offer to someone who is standing where you were at before, the busy crazy life, lots of things to do, you know, searching for who I am, uh, what would you say to them to give them peace or help them along the journey to experience maybe some of what the joy you're getting to experience right now? Well, I would go back to a moment in time during high school. I was invited to an evening at a friend's church and my family was there and there was an invitation at that particular worship service to come down and be filled with the spirit. And I looked at the person who invited me and I said, I don't believe in that. So that is not my cup of tea. No, thank you. Every, every bit of the Holy spirit I got, I needed when I got saved and that's it. That's all I need. That's all I got. And I'm good. And I blatantly rejected the invitation mm-hmm. for more. And I I have tried so often to pinpoint why I responded that way. My parents did not teach me that, you know, my church maybe didn't teach it, but was open to it. I, I, I still don't know why I was so resistant and reluctant to the things of the Holy spirit. But if I were to go back to my former self, I would look at myself in that moment and say, why not Mm. give the Holy spirit a try? (laughs) You believe in God, you trusted in Jesus. Why are you canceling out the third person of the Trinity? Because I can tell you that the ride, the rocket ride has been a ride with the Holy Spirit and alongside God, the father and alongside Jesus, my savior, um, my relationship with the Holy Spirit is, is truly what I think has catapulted the energy and the engine behind the new self. Mm, that's so powerful, Kelsey. I love your vulnerability and transparency. So thank you for that. I think 
our listeners can probably relate to you on so many levels. I did want to circle back to one one thing you said. I love when you were in Spain, how you were asking people on the pilgrimage, what are you seeking? And I would love for our listeners just to hear from you. What are you asking, seeking, and knocking for right now in your life? That is a loaded <laughs> question. <laughs> wow. Um well, I think big scale, big dream, god size dream. I am asking and seeking and knocking for a major revival to happen at, starting in Dallas. Amen. Texas. And the Lord has, he just put a fire under me uh, seven years ago for this purpose. And I am in... I, I walk with such desire for my people in my city to experience the fullness of what God has for us, for restoration, for reconciliation, and for a movement of God in my town like, uh, like that has never been seen before. So that's my big God-sized ask, seek, and knock. I have a lot of other ask, seeks, and knocks. But that's my God. Mm, that's beautiful. We, we are kindred spirits. I'm coming to Dallas to hang out with you. <laughs> I loved your answer. <laughs> okay, let's do it. <laughs> I love it. Y'all are neighbors. And y'all got me saying y'all too. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Kelsey, so much for sharing. It's been such a joy um, to both see you and listen to you um, as we get the treat of also being able to partner on video here too. Um, but it's just such a joy. You steward what God has placed in you so well. Thank you for bringing us on that journey with you um, through the befores and afters um, with this. I think that you, you described it as the rocket that took off that hasn't landed yet. Um, we're grateful to be on that ride with you. And so thank you so much. Well, thank you, Tim. Thank you, Amy. Man, that was so good, Tim. I loved just getting to hear more of Kelsey's story. And so many things are going through my mind right now. But one of the things that really stood out to me um, was just her, I guess, trust in God and his timing. I love how she answered the question, um, you know, what do you, how do you engage with people that maybe aren't ready for something that you're talking about? And, you know, just that theme of, trusting in a sovereign God and trusting him with the people that we love most and ultimately trusting his timing just really encouraged me. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. I think for me, man, there's so many good nuggets um, in there. I think I was struck by the, the realization that we get to listen well. Um, mm. And I, and I would even say, listen selflessly when we're in conversations for people in in looking for where truth needs to land in the interactions that we have with people we're we're all, I mean how often are we out with a friend or you know just meeting up with someone or chatting on the phone and you know I would say I'm definitely guilty of listening selfishly in conversations looking for the next thing that I can say or you know kind of whether it's one upmanship um, or just mm -hmm. being busy and not really checked in. 
But I love that what what Kelsey was able to do on the Camino in that hostel of just sitting and being with someone and listening to their story and then asking God what he might want to say. Um, I want to do that in every conversation I have with people. God, what do you want to say? What truth do you want to deposit? What seeds are going to grow out of this conversation? Um, So yeah, that was, that was really good. Yeah. So many, so many good things. And then I loved how she said um, when she just shared honestly about, you know, what she would tell her former self, how she said, I said no to more. I think we as believers can all relate to that. I know I can. I know I've, I've told God, you know, no before. And I love that his plans can't be thwarted, you know, by what we do or don't do. He always pursues us and you just see, you know, that so beautifully in, in Kelsey's story. And then also, you know, her pursuit of him and how she said yes to him so many times. Well, I don't know if you guys are like me, but, you know, in listening to Kelsey's story, listening to the joy that she is stewarding in her own life and how she expresses what God is doing in, around, and through her is, I mean, I was getting, I mean, I was getting emotional because it's, it's, I I want that level of joy. I want that level Mm -hmm. of determination. I want the level of creativity that she has to just sit and give things over to him and then trust and respond and move towards saying yes um, I, I love that moment from high school, you know, that, that you just reference, where she has a marker of when she said no, um, and, and almost kind of a, a loss, like I lost something in that moment. But isn't God amazing in his sovereignty and being able to pursue us even when we say no? Um, and you get to see this wild ride that Kelsey is on that we all got to share and be a part of. And man, I just, I want the joy that she has, the joy of the Lord to rub off on me um, in my interactions with my kids and my wife and my neighbors mm-hmm. and my friends and anyone that I come in contact with. Lord, would you use us um, to bring your light to this world that needs it? Mm-hmm. Amen. As we wrap up this episode, we want you to know that you too are called beyond. We believe there is more that God desires for your life than you could possibly ask or imagine. Are you longing for more? You don't have to have it all figured out to take the next step of faith. We bless you in Jesus' name to embrace the courage that's required to obediently follow God's calling. We pray and believe for transformation in the relationships and communities where you live, work, and play. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Call Beyond is a production of Novo Mission, Inc. To learn more about Novo's commitment to multiply movements of the gospel and mobilize the church for that mission, we invite you to check us out on our website at Nova.org or follow us at Novo Mission on Facebook or Instagram. The music in today's episode was written by the band Wild Earth and used with permission from the artist. Thank you again for giving our podcast a listen. We hope you'll join us for more Called Beyond.